That's Not. I'm Sam. And I'm Michelle. And we're hoping that you guys are having a great Friday. What are the weekend plans, everyone? What do you, oh my God, it's the last weekend before Thanksgiving. Don't tell me that. I really it thought is. that there were two full weeks until the week of Thanksgiving. Three weeks yep. until Thanksgiving. Isn't that crazy? No, I th- I mean, I didn't think three, but I definitely thought there was two more weeks. I didn't realize this uh, were a week away. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, Sam, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I need more time. I don't like it. I don't like it. It always sneaks up on you. Once it Halloween is. is done, I tell I tell Joe every time, I'm like, it's practically three weeks until Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so quick from Halloween until New Year's. And then I always remembered oh when goodness. I worked at Whole Foods, um, there was an older lady that I worked with that was the, the biggest doll. But every single 4th of July after that weekend, she'd be like, all right, before you know, it, it's back to school. So like get to the beach, do what you need to do because it will be over in a second. And after she told me that, I'm like, the summer really is over after the 4th of July. It's so sad. Yeah. I think it kind of fucks with your mind too with how retail is because it's like Mm -hmm. always so ahead. Like after Christmas, when I go to Target, I'm going to start seeing bikinis and I'm like, what the fuck? It's not even February. Yeah. Especially, I mean, so like before when I worked at the bakery and then at Whole Foods, because of the nature of the job, you're always working on the next thing. So it was like, you know, you're planning for Easter, you're planning for Christmas. So by the time that that holiday actually arrives, I would already be working on Valentine's Day or whatever. So I always felt like I never actually got to enjoy holidays or big events because I was working on it two months ago. And by the time it gets here, I'm already like two months in the future. You're over it. Yeah. I'm over it. Man, that's insane. So that sucked. But now that's not my life anymore. So it's nice. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. What else? What did you do this weekend? What What have you been up to? Okay. So this week I started, I'm doing a huge project, everyone. I know it may not come as a surprise to some of you guys, but I'm redoing my office. <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean by redoing. <clears throat> It's just at the point where it's just too much stuff. I want my room to be more of um, where it's like useful. Not just every shelf is just cluttered with my Halloween stuff because it has nowhere to go. Like I just want it to be more of an actual work space instead of like a bedroom, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. So yeah, I want to bring out like all of my craft stuff because right now it's just in the closet and I can never get to it and I never craft. And I think that's where some of my depression is coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to be able to craft and do whatever the fuck I want, like creative wise, just any second of the day where it's like, let me work on this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. now I can't. So I ordered a bunch of stuff from Ikea. I'm so confident that it's going to help me with being organized Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of new stuff in the office. I was contemplating if I want to paint, repaint in here, but I was telling you, Michelle, that I wanted to do like a light gray or even maybe just a new coat of white, but Michelle's like, it's not even worth it if it's not going to be like a drastic color. And I'm like, you're right, because by the time I hang stuff up, you're not really going to see anything. The walls just look so dirty right now because I've taken a lot of the stuff off the walls, but I think I just need to like... Um, do a washcloth or something. Yeah. 
I feel like that because no matter what, even if you're going to paint it, you would have to do that. And then you'd have to tape it out and then you'd have to prime it. And then you'd have to paint. It's like, it would take forever. And especially if you're just like doing the same color. Girl, I don't prime. I do like a <laughs> shortcut to painting. I'm like, I don't even move. I just move stuff like maybe five inches away from the wall. And I'm just like squeezing myself. Oh my behind. God. I don't cover the floor. No. Oh, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> I mean, if we owned a house, I definitely would take more yeah. <laughs> care of it. <laughs> I hope my landlord's not listening to this. No. No. Uh, but yeah, I, so I'm excited though, because mm-hmm. my I'm going to have my desk in the center of my room. Okay. Like it's kind of in the center, but you can't see it. So it's like, I'll be able to walk all the way around it. I'm really yeah. excited for that. Because. That, okay. Normally it's against the wall, which I like because I could see my little inspo stuff that I have hanging up. But mm-hmm. my back's always my back or my sides always to the door, and I, I always feel like someone's coming to get me. And by someone, I mean Joe, because he's always sneaking up on me, scaring me to death. <laughs> so I'm like, nope, I can see directly in the door when your little yeah. sneaky ass comes in here. So don't bother me. <laughs> I like I like that feeling too to have the desk kind of pulled away from the wall and you're facing toward the room rather than at the wall yeah I love it oh that's cool and so is the desk that's in the middle of the room is that your computer desk or is that going to be your crafting desk so it's going to be my computer desk because I I kept my Pinterest is like out of this world I kept debating I'm like should I just get I already have two desks but I put them away because they are kind of big and I'm using the one that stands up or you can lower it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was kind of thinking on the big wall, should I do two desks where it's like one is the workstation and the other one is the craft. Eventually I'll do that. Maybe we, when we get into a house, mm-hmm. because it is kind of hard where it's like when I craft, I don't want it around my workspace because it's yeah. overwhelming. I just want to be able to stop and go kind of like when you have a puzzle table, like you just yes. come and go and you want that's yes. what I want. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I started building some of the pieces last night and I was like, what did I get myself into? (laughs) Well, of course, it'll It'll be fine. fine. And I was going to say, when you set up your crafting area, you should get comfortable with the idea of leaving it messy and not having it organized all the time because then you can just pop in and out. Girl, I just need to pay you for my therapy because Doug literally was telling me that the other day. We were talking about OCD stuff mm-hmm. and he was like, you just need to be, he's like, you just need to let the stuff be messy. And he yeah. was like, it'll take you a few times. It'll be uncomfortable, but he's like, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. He's like, you're feeding into that. So he's like, you just need to let shit be on your desk and you'll be fine eventually. Exactly. We'll see. And I also ordered like this, it's a closet system, but I'm using it as just like a open um, storage shelving unit kind of. And so I ordered everything, but all of the drawers that I need for it are sold out. And I guess this whole system thing is like super popular to where it's always sold out. And people say that it takes like months for them to get everything for them to like put it all together. But I I, I got the frame. I'm going to have some of the shelves. It's it's just the drawers that I'm going to have to keep checking back on, but it'll be fine. Yeah. All right. But I, I, get such a, I get such a boner of thinking of how organized I'm going to be. Like, <laughs> everything is just going to have its own place, and I can't wait. It's going to be so good. 
Are you um, letting go of some stuff before you put it back in the room? Um, I didn't think about that. Okay. You know what? Don't worry about that yet. Just like- Okay. Maybe. Okay. I'm going to let go of some stuff mm-hmm. that I just kept because it's for the sake of it being Halloween. But it just, yeah. it, it serviced me for whatever it needed mm-hmm. to. And now it's time to go on to someone else. So Exactly. But I think I'm going to use like more like storage boxes, like cute decorative boxes to put some of my collection in. So it's mm-hmm. not just like all scattered everywhere. I mean, also just maybe half of the reason you keep reorganizing is because obviously you want your workroom to be comfortable and inviting and stuff, but also you don't need to decorate it like it's a living room. You know, it's your workspace. So you can't have like some toshkis. Yeah, I I know. But But if they're overwhelming you, it's not helpful. Exactly. And it's so hard because like what I'm using for my inspo on Pinterest is because it's the only thing that I can find and it's the only thing that really speaks to me, but the color is not my thing, but is like pink girly offices. Like I fucking love that shit, but Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't want the pink stuff. I just want it to be like very bright and airy and like very cutesy. Um, but I don't know. It gets, it's hard. Cause when I put all the Halloween stuff, it starts to like turn orange, which is fine, but I'm like, mm-hmm. should I just go awful girl mode and just do a pink office? But that's not me, you know? No, if anything, maybe if that room wants to feel different, like I know you like like that light purple lavender. That's yeah, still Halloween. I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be nice. Yeah. Just to switch it up. Yeah. And that's like a nice bright color too. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I still kind of want it to be like, and I think I might get rid of the little couch thing that I have in here because it's just, it's too big. And I just, I got it in case that Joe got on my nerves and I wanted to sleep in here, but I never sleep in here. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But I do want to get like a comfy, just a like a plush comfy chair that I can sit and like read or something. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that's the plan. I it'll take me a little bit, but well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited too. I'm just worried because Joe's like, "Don't be getting crazy," because we're gonna be moving, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." But we've been saying that, and I'll be so upset if we renew the lease next fall, and I'll be like, "Why didn't I just do my yeah. office like I wanted yeah. to?" You know. So whatever. When in Rome, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I'm glad that you're because I feel like the last few times that you've reorganized or redecorated your office, it was more of a daunting task. And this seems like it's it's more of a you're happy about it. You're excited. Yeah, I'm enjoying it a little bit. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what have you been up to? So this last weekend, we took a little mini vacation with another couple. Um, We went to Burlington, Vermont, which is so pretty. Have you ever been to Vermont? Yes, I've been to Vermont with Ashley and Jason. I oh. or is that Maine? I get them mixed up, but I'm pretty oh. sure it's Vermont. Yeah, Vermont. Is it super reminds cute. me of Kansas a little. Really? Uh, if I'm thinking of the right area. <laughs> if you're not thinking about Maine, um, it's um super hilly, super mountainous, little towns, a lot of farmland, super cute. We stayed at this Airbnb that was part of a stable. You could open up one of the windows and it like faced the horse stable, and you could see Charlie <gasps> oh in there. God. Um, and then Charlie was the horse. Yeah, Charlie was the horse. Oh my god! 
And then she also had these three little hounds running around at some points. Um, They were super fun. One was definitely a German Shepherd. And then I'm not sure about dog breeds, but they were fun. They really stunk. Mm -hmm. They were good farm dogs, you know? Farm dogs, yeah. Yeah. And it was just like up on this hill and there's no other houses around and there's just views of mountains. It was a great, great Airbnb. And it was definitely recently built. (laughs) Jake just kept mentioning, he's like, these stairs don't creak at all. I've never (laughs) been up and down a staircase where there wasn't one creaky step. So super interesting, super lovely. And then we are about 20 minutes away from Burlington, which feels a lot like Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's super cute little shops. Um, University of Vermont's right there. So it's like a super big college town, really hippie, you know, love and peace, green deals. Like everybody Mm -hmm. just is about the fucking climate control and stuff like that. Very much felt like a Bernie Sanders town, you know, just Uh it was nice and everybody was super sweet. We had some great meals there. The couple we went with, Cordelia and Nick, are just like super fun and Mm They just crack me up so much. We did gummies one night and we were all just like fucking high schoolers. Just we could oh not stop gosh. laughing. How fun. Um, yeah, it was just really nice and low key. And, you know, they're like a fun couple to travel with because it was just kind of like nobody was too indecisive, but everybody was also like chill to kind of do anything. Cordelia's originally from that area. So the day after we arrived, they wanted to meet up with her godmother. So like Nick could meet her and they have this little French bulldog called uh, Porkchop and he's like a little pipsqueak. And so um, her godmother wanted to meet the dog and stuff and we were supposed to go. And then at the last minute, I was like, you know what? How about you guys go and I can like send off emails and stuff like that and do some work. And, you know, it wasn't an issue at all, which I love. They were just like, okay, like, yeah, just meet us in town afterwards and we'll like go shopping and stuff. And I just love that when it's just like, no problem. You guys all do whatever you got to do. It's Um, like everyone can do their own thing. They can mm -hmm. come together, go separately and no one gets their feelings hurt. Nobody gets hurt. Everybody's just chill. Did a lot of shopping. There's like a lot of vintage stores. Oh, what'd you get? So we went to a place that's similar to like Okama slash Roost. It was called Mm -hmm. Golden Hour. And so it's like a curated gift shop, but it has like super cute things. I got this little vase for the mantle and I got two bumper stickers for the Jeep. One says, it says, please let me merge. And it's like in like fun, like stars and like font and stuff, um, which I thought was funny. And then this other one, it's like a very 70s groovy font. And it says in all caps with like 500 exclamation points, it says, I'd rather be honking. I don't don't know why, but I literally was cackling in the store. I was like, I need all of oh, these bumper I stickers. That. I had seen this bumper sticker a while ago that said, um, please let me merge bestie. And I was just like, oh, that's Sweet. like so cute. I personally would be like, oh my God, merge. Like, go ahead. You Same. Know? <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. So maybe this will have people be nicer to me on the streets. Aww. On the streets. Jake really wanted to get a lot of vintage uh, jeans and jean jackets, but he didn't end up getting More anything. More jean jackets. Girl. It never ends with the fucking vintage jean jackets. I got like a dad cap, 
What else? I feel like I was going more for like home decor stuff. Cordelia and Nick were definitely like trying a lot of stuff on, but I just wasn't in the mood to peel off all of my clothes and like be trying mm-hmm. stuff on. So I was mostly looking at accessories and home stuff, but it was super fun. I recommend it. I love Burlington now. Nice. Yeah. I forgot to tell you. So yesterday or the day before I was um, out front of my building waiting for an Uber to go to my doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy who walked past me that literally looked like Jake. I was like, you're Jake's twin. He was dressed like Jake. He fucking had a dad cap on like Jake. And girl, he had, is it a Volvo that Jake drives? Yeah. He had the car. And I'm like, Jake? But it wasn't Jake. it wasn't Jake, but it looked just like him. Oh, because I'm like, you know, Jake is in Salem every day. Well, yeah, but he wouldn't be inside my building. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Yeah. I thought you like saw him outside of your building. like No, he like walked street. out of it. And I was oh. like, oh my God, he looks just like Jake. That is so weird. That's good to know that there's some other little doppelgangers hanging around. He has so many. And yeah. there is a show that I watch on YouTube. It's like a live stream. And this guy, he does this show that I watch with another guy that I really enjoy. But he's like a really popular Twitch streamer. And mm-hmm. his name is Hassan. And like, I absolutely think he's so cute. And so Joe and I were watching it and I was like, that's his son, Joe. That's who I was telling you who is my boyfriend. And he was like, that looks like Jake. And I was like, don't <laughs> fucking say that. And I'm like, everyone cannot look like Jake. Okay. Yeah. And he was like, he goes, you need to send a picture to Michelle. That's Jake's twin. And I'm like, I want to see. I want to see it. But he has Hassan, the guy, he has like such beautiful hair. It's like so fucking thick. And it's dark and it's like down to his shoulders and he's always putting it behind his ears and it's just like so lush. Jake's but yeah, like he does kind of look like Jake. I want to see a picture. Um, Jake's actively trying to grow his hair out. He is? Oh my God. He does such a good style switch up, you know? Like that's really inspiring. It's like, I just stay the same, but he switches it up. (laughs) But he'll like stick with something for years. When I first met him, it was crew cut, not crew cut. What's the thing where you're just, you're not bald, but you just have it at the same length all the way around. Buzz cut? Buzz cut. Um, Buzz cut. And then after that, he did like the gentleman style with like the part that was always like gelled to like one side, but short. Yeah. And then for now he's been doing like the fully slicked back little bit longer hair but short on the sides um but now he's actively just trying to grow it out for as as long as he can because he's never had long hair before how exciting okay i'm gonna send you a picture of Hassan and you tell me okay i think it's just the dark features and the glasses it's always the glasses if somebody has glasses it immediately looks like jake i'm so excited even though i never agree with you so we'll see you never agree it's funny too because did you see the video of pork chop chasing Jake around the table? Yeah. Um, Whose so dog was that? That's Cordelia and Nick's little Frenchie. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's such he's such a good boy, and he's such a little pig snorting thing that's just there all the time. I love him. But anyway, somebody that listens to the podcast was like, you know what? Sam's so right. He looks exactly like Harry Potter. I've never said Harry Potter, have I? I, I guess so. I think at one point you did. No, I didn't. I think you did. What? Oh my God. This looks exactly like Jake. <laughs> Don't tell me that. 
God damn it. I can't have none of my crushes. Are you fucking kidding me? He has the same glasses. He's wearing the same kind of shirt that Jake would wear. And he's wearing a dad cap. And he has the five. He has the same nose, too, which is usually and eyebrows. Sam, do you need to tell me something? So long, Hassan. Wow. No, that looks a lot like I was trying to find another picture with his hair, like, down. Because it's so beautiful. (laughs) That's funny. Bye. Bye. You can still have a crush on him. On this guy. Not on Jake, but this guy you can. (laughs) Let me clarify on this guy. Let me clarify on this guy. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) I mean, you can secretly have a crush on Jake, but don't let me know. No. Okay, but do people ever tell you, because I hear that all the time, too. People are like, you look like so-and-so, or do I know you? Are you blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no. People tell me that all the time. Do you ever get told that? That you have, like, a doppelganger somewhere in the world? Yeah, I guess so. People always tell me, like, you look familiar like somebody I know, but never, oh, you look like this person or you look like Mm -hmm. that person. It's never connected to anybody. But a lot of people are like, do I know you from somewhere? You look so familiar. I get that a lot. You get that a lot, too, because you look very distinctive. That's what I think. And then whenever they tell me that, I'm like, well, I feel sorry for that person. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But no, like, I get told that probably at least three times a year. People are like, you look like my sister. You look exactly Mm -hmm. like this person. Yeah. When I worked in like more front facing jobs, like the waitress job or the bakery Mm -hmm. and stuff, I used to get that all the time. Thankfully, I'm not around a lot of people anymore. Isn't it nice? But then sometimes I'm like, should I be around more people? (laughs) No, I'm just like, I'm I'm around the people I choose to be now, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, add the 20th person to Jake's twin list. This looks the closest out of everybody you've ever mentioned. You guys should do like a game of where people rate like Jake's twins or something like that. I could do like a Brady Bunch thing where it's like Jake's in the middle and then like all the people that he looks like around him. Yeah. And then we'll see who thinks what. I don't, I, I don't think I ever said Harry Potter. Somebody's heard it. I trust other people's memories better than ours. I don't. I have a really good memory. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've said it. And then they send me a clip of when I'm like, Jake looks like Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I can't specifically recall it, but also you've told me that he looked like 20 different people at this point. So, yeah. 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 Maybe I did say Harry Potter, but. Enough about Jake. All right. What are we talking about today? What. What are we getting into, Michelle? Um, I have a story to tell you about. I love stories. Lady of the Dunes. Have you heard about it? No, but just that title sounds kind of scary. It is. So it's like an old, unidentified cold case from Provincetown, Massachusetts. And just Halloween of this year, they finally figured out who she is, which is like fucking amazing. But, you know, me and Jake go to P-Town often and I swear to God every time we go there we're always just like we always talk about her because it's you know it's just one of those cold cases that obviously has like such like a moniker that you just recall it all the time yeah um and also there's hardly ever any kind of crime in p-town so when there's like a murder case that they don't even know who the victim is they don't know who the murderer is and it's been cold since 74 it's just kind of like becomes like a legend and p-town is so small but it obviously is a vacation town so people are constantly in and out it's kind of like a transient not a transient spot as in 
it's like a bus station, but there's a lot of people that come in and out of it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Um. So I got all my information together. And when I decided, I wanted to tell you about this weeks ago um, when they just cracked the case and figured out who she was. But I'm glad that I didn't because now they also have a suspect. A suspect? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whoa. So, um, and I just can't wait because I'm sure in like a month or two, they'll have even more information oh and like more... It feel I ran through so many articles to find out more about her and there's just like uh-huh. so little. Also, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that most of the people that she actually was around have passed. And so some of these articles have gotten in touch with like a great niece or a nephew, but it's, you know, they remember her when they were seven before yeah. she went missing. Um, so there's not too much about her yet, but I'm sure that they'll figure it out. So that's mildly upsetting, but she has a name now. So there we go. All right. So feel free to bop in anytime you want. I'm scared. Okay. So do we know like, no. like how she got murdered? Like, yeah. will I find that out? Okay. Well, I mean, she. we always knew how she was murdered, but we just didn't know who she was. Oh, did you tell me how she was murdered? Like, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm ready. This isn't going to be like a full rundown, so do your own research afterwards, but let me, I'll I'll give you most of it. Yeah. So, the case. Before Halloween of this year, October 31st, 2022, the Lady of the Dunes was the oldest unidentified murder case in Massachusetts. They've exhumed her body three times in 1980, 2000, and 2013 in attempts to identify her and her killer. She's three been times? Three times. The first time they did it so that they can make like a clay build of her skull to see if they could, you know, oh, wow. build out her face. And then the second two times was to collect more DNA. I have a dumb question. So mm-hmm. it kind of boggles my mind in no way not saying that she doesn't deserve to be exonerated. What did you say? say? No, I was going to say exonerated. That's Exhumed. not the word. Exhumed. Exhumed. Thank you. Like who who does her family request that or is that just them trying to figure it out it's like how some cases get so much Mm -hmm. energy and then some just get none at all and so I I didn't know if that's like the detectives that are just trying or if it's the Mm -hmm. family that's like hey hello like you still haven't figured this out but I don't know well it depends on the case with this it's not the family because nobody claimed her and with this one, I believe it's almost it uh, runs tandem to like when there's a new police chief because there's so little crime that every single time like it kind of switched hands. The case got like renewed because like they just want to solve it, you know, at this point yeah. and like figure out who this woman was. And I know that at one point, just the community themselves raised funds to get her like a better coffin because the one she was originally buried in was like very thin. Oh my um, goodness. And it was like a pauper's grave. Um, so I think that she just kind of became, I think the community itself just really wanted to figure out who she was because wow. they assumed like somebody must be looking for her. They just don't know that she's here. Yeah. So that, so I feel like it, it's a combo. Like if it's the family, I feel like they might have to come up with their own funds if they are questioning the death. Um, and if it's the police, then it's usually like the police fund. So taxpayer money. Okay. okay. 
On July 26, 1974, a 12-year-old girl was chasing a barking dog and came across the decomposing body of an unidentified woman in Race Point Dunes of Provincetown, Massachusetts. Two sets of footprints led to the body, and tire tracks were found 50 yards away from the scene. They believe the woman may have died about two weeks beforehand. And a sad little thing about that was the 12-year-old girl, when she came across her, because of, like, the state of decomposition, she thought it was a deer because, like, the skin was brown. And they were visiting. They were, like, people that would go there in the summer and stay with, like, family friends who rented a house. Kind of a deal. She was laid face down on half of a beach blanket. There was no sign of a struggle. Police theorized she either knew her killer or had been asleep when she died. A blue bandana and a pair of Wrangler jeans were folded neatly under her head. She had long auburn hair pulled back into a ponytail, and her toenails were painted pink. She also had a significant amount of dental work, including crowns worth about $5,000 to $10,000, which police hoped might lead to her identification, but it led nowhere. Um, And I think that's pretty significant for the 70s to have like $10,000 worth of dental work because I think the first theory when they couldn't figure out who she was and nobody was like, my daughter's missing or anything like that was maybe she's a transient, maybe she's a sex worker. But the fact that she had so much dental work, well, this isn't like a woman that came from nothing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they really thought that the dental work might help them solve the case. And they really put it out there. They also said that it was New York style dental work, which... What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe that. I I guess they're just like, she might be from that area. Yeah. Yeah. I guess maybe New York has like, you know, better dentists. So they could tell like the dental work was really well done or whatever that meant. But I remember um, seeing that they put that out specifically hoping that somebody might be able to connect the dots. Unfortunately, that that didn't help at all. So the state that the body was found in. The woman was nearly decapitated, possibly from strangulation, and one side of the head had been crushed, which was the injury that killed her. There was also signs of sexual assault, likely postmortem, and several of her teeth had been removed, and both hands and one (gasps) forearm were missing, obviously to keep her and her killer's identity hidden. This is a really weird fact. For some reason, the killer put small piles of pine needles in the place where the hands would have been. It's weird. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, so she was found face down on her stomach with her arms just by her side and she didn't have hands. So he like put two piles of pine needles there. Why? And she was on the beach. It was on the beach, but the blanket was found like in the dunes, almost in like the shrubs. Okay. So I remember when I first heard a podcast about this, the speculation was that maybe she was nude sunbathing. So she kind of hid herself in the shrubs a little bit more and fell asleep and then somebody came upon her and bashed her and killed her other people think because she was found sleeping just on one side of the beach blanket that somebody else was laying next to her Mm -hmm. and did it from that kind of an angle and so she was there with somebody else and then they left um like i said they found two sets of footprints leading to the scene but no footprints like really leading away and car tracks about 50 yards away wow But they do believe that the murder took place there and it's not like they put the body there. Like everything happens at that site. So her hands were cut off. Like it's not like an animal king. No, but yeah. And a few of her teeth were taken too. Wow. 
So police poured over thousands of missing persons cases and a list of approved vehicles driven through the area, but no matches were ever made. She was buried in October of 1974 after the case went cold in a local Catholic cemetery with a small marker sadly inscribed as unknown female. The investigation, I think they actually did a really good job with the investigation, but there was just no missing report for her. No one had seen her like in town before that. They literally just had zero leads to go on. So over the years, since that happened almost 50 years ago, there's been a lot of time and room to like speculate who she was and what happened to her. So um, two of the most like interesting theories that came out of this was one theory was that uh, South Boston mobster James Whitey Bulger was involved. Um, He had been seen that summer with a redheaded woman and was known to remove hands and teeth of victims. So for a while, people were like, well, maybe she was associated with that scene and that's why nobody like is claiming her and also the way that things were taken from her body kind of felt like a mob hit almost Mm -hmm. like they didn't want her identified at all um the only thing about that it's like redheaded woman in boston it's like that's that's where they all are you know so (laughs) it's probably not the strongest evidence and also he never took responsibility for that and nobody in like history did either not saying that you know they're not reliable narrators so who knows But so this other theory, which I think is what also makes it an interesting case, was another uh, wild theory was suggested by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. He he thought that the Lady of the Dunes might have been an extra in the movie Jaws. Specifically, he highlighted a moment about 54 minutes in into the film where they're filming a crowd sequence set on the 4th of July. And he spotted an extra, a fit young woman with brunette copper hair wearing a blue bandana who bore a startling resemblance to a composite sketch of the lady herself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The woman was wearing a blue bandana and light wash jeans similar to the clothes found at the crime scene. Production on Jaws had attracted a lot of local curiosity and filming was relatively close to where the lady's body was eventually found, about 100 miles away. And they were filming all summer and requesting extras come to Martha's Vineyard. Hill wrote, It would be no surprise at all if a girl summering on the Cape decides to take a few days to explore the vineyard, especially with the aided bait of celebrity to draw her in. Which is so interesting and he's completely right because like before we went to P-Town, we stopped at the vineyard you know, we took the ferry over, did a day there and then continue on our yeah. way. So it is a thing like they are two hours away from each other. It's not like it's in the same area. But I feel like in the 70s, if you're just summering somewhere and Jaws is filming, what else do you got to do? Right. It's a fun thing to go and see or do or and especially mm-hmm. if they're calling all locals to just come and be extras in the background. So, yeah. So he brought that theory to the surface and that kind of wow. went viral back in 2015. But none of those are true. Probably um, mm-hmm. <laughs> because on uh, Halloween of this year, they finally figured out who the Lady of the Dunes was. And so her name is Ruth Marie Terry. She's a woman from Tennessee with ties to Michigan, Massachusetts, and California. No details were disclosed as to why Ruth was in Massachusetts at the time of her murder. The FBI stated that Ruth's identity was determined using investigative genealogy, the same method used to identify other unidentified homicides and over 150 criminals, including the Golden State Killer. So they used that same kind of process. Wow. The case is currently being investigated as a homicide by the Massachusetts State Police. 
Okay. So they haven't released a lot of information about her, but this is what we know so far based on the articles that I've read and Mm -hmm. them like finding certain family members. So her family describes Ruth as a loving and caring person who was a free spirit and wanted to explore life outside of where she grew up in Tennessee. She last visited her family four months before her body was discovered in P-Town. Five months before her body was discovered, she married a man named Guy Rockwell Moldovan in Reno, Nevada, who told her family that she had left him and moved out of California where they were living when they came looking. Um, Ruth's family went to California and hired a PI and attempted to find her there with no luck. Ruth's surviving family says that they've always been searching for her with multiple members taking up the mantle over the years. And I wrote, I'm sure that we'll get a more well-rounded idea of who she is in the coming months. But yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where even... If I found out that like a great aunt just like went missing one year, you kind of like would start digging into it like in this day and age, because I am pretty sure that the reason that there was other DNA of her family in the system was that a great nephew knew the story about a great aunt that went missing. And he put his he did the 23andMe and like all those ancestry things to see if he could find her because they still did think that she might have just been out there like living a new life somewhere else you know Um, okay I was gonna ask like if we know whose DNA went into the system to kind of figure this out so what about the husband they don't think that he had anything to do with it and went out to p-town with her and then comes back so when they released this information on Halloween saying like we have a name they said that they didn't have any suspects but as of November I think it was 10th they think it was the husband because oh my God. because girl this is insane so the prime suspect now it would almost be a shock if her killer isn't her husband guy rockwell Moldsbin. he had multiple aliases over the years and multiple suspicious deaths linked to him what yeah he was married five times ruth oh, was his, hell no. yeah ruth was his fourth wife but she was not his only murdered wife Moldovan was born in 1923. He was a former antique dealer who was wanted in 1960 in connection with the disappearance of his second wife and her daughter from a previous marriage after their mutilated remains were found in the septic tank of their Seattle home. He fled Seattle, but was arrested by the FBI and charged with unlawful flight to avoid giving testimony in their deaths. He also faced larceny charges for swindling his third wife's family he married his third wife like a month after his second wife went missing um so for swindling his third wife's family out of ten thousand dollars around the time his second wife went missing he was convicted in 1961 on the larceny charges and sentenced to no more than 15 years in prison but on march 1962 so a year later a judge suspended the sentence provided Moldovan repay the money. So as long as he paid them the $10,000, he was allowed to to leave prison, wow. even though he they thought he also killed his second wife and her daughter. Damn. Yeah. So those murders happen of the second wife and the daughter. He marries the third wife. He swindles that family. And then two years later, he marries Ruth just five months before she's found in P-Town. Oh, I feel sick. Yeah. But there were two more deaths that they, back in 1960, after the death of his second wife and her daughter, 
they started questioning if he was involved in two murders that took place in 1950. So 10 years before that. And I have an article from the Times that I'm just going to read verbatim um, because there is a little line in there that is like it made the hairs on my arm stand up. Oh, God. So the title is Man in Coast Death Case is Sought in California. Eureka, California, September 26th. The Humboldt County Sheriff's Office yesterday said that Raul Guy Rockwell, that was one of his other aliases, Mm -hmm. is wanted in questioning in the 1950 slaying of a bread truck driver and the disappearance of a waitress. Deputy Sheriff Harvey Larson said Rockwell's name came into the case in recent weeks after human remains were found in a septic tank in his Seattle home. Rockwell has been missing from Seattle since August. His second wife, Miss Manzita Rockwell, 39, and her daughter, Dolores Mears, 18, disappeared in April. The remains found in the septic tank have been identified as those of the young women. Rockwell lived in Fortuna in Humboldt County from late 1947 or early 1948 until sometime in 1950, Larson said. Now this is the two murders from 1950. The body of Henry Bard, 22, Eureka, California, was found June 18, 1950, near Table Bluff. He had been shot in the back of the head. The body was naked except for shoes and socks. The rest of his clothes were piled neatly nearby. A 32 caliber pistol, the caliber in which Beard was said to have, was missing from Beard's car. Officer said Beard had last been seen the previous Saturday night with Barbara Kelly, 17, a Fortuna waitress. She was not seen again. Her clothes were found piled under Bard's. The parents of Rockwell's first wife, with whom he was then living, owns one of Fortuna's two restaurants. The waitress worked at the other restaurant. Both were on Bard's route. Rockwell worked as a short order cook in the restaurant owned by his father-in-law. The clothes. The clothes. And also they never found the girl. So they found his, the milk truck man's body and her clothes also folded neatly with his clothes, but they never found her again. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Moldovan never worked with that waitress, but there was only two restaurants in town and he worked at one and she worked at the other and the milkman, or sorry, the bread man worked that whole route. Mm-hmm. And the bread man and the waitress were seen together right before they were murdered. Wow. I feel like that was like almost like a um like a zodiac killing where I feel like he probably went into like a lover's lane type of an area and saw them together and killed them both. But it's the folded clothes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really uh bizarre with the folding of the clothes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So when did he die? He died in 2002. So what, that would have made him like 90? He died in his 70s. Oh, I can't do math. So do they think or hope anyone that knows him is going to like... Yeah, so now all they're trying to do is gather as much information about Ruth and about Guy and see what they were doing in P-Town, if they were seen there together... And he was also somebody that moved around a lot. So they're also trying to connect him maybe to some other crimes because it Mm -hmm. obviously seems like he was a serial killer. Wow. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, obviously he can't be brought to justice, but maybe they can solve some other crimes. Yeah. You know? But yeah. So, I mean, it's all coming out now. It's like, It's just so crazy that it's like it goes 50 years with nothing. And then, you know, in the last three weeks, it's like it's all finally coming 
together, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Wow. So how old is her? Gr- it's a grandson? Or who um, did the 23 and me? It was a great nephew. Great nephew. How old yeah. is he? I'm not sure. It didn't say. Okay. And also she has a son too. Really? Yeah. So she was married before Guy okay. went in her 20s to a man. They don't say much about him, but she, when they originally did the news conference, like we found out her name, the only descriptors they said of her was she was a mother, she was an aunt, she was a daughter, and she was a sister. And so like that kind of placed her a little bit more within her family. But I did read an article where her son was interviewed and he was given up for adoption when he was two to another couple that worked at a plant with her. So he, you know, she was never actually like around to be his mother. Um, And then I think it was a few years after that, that she goes missing. I was going to say, what if she has more children that yeah. we don't know about? Like, what if the guy, what if he kidnapped them or they're just living their life, but they don't know, like, that's their mom? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this guy, I mean, he got away with so much. So much. And it's like right in that time, I don't want to say sweet spot, but it was like a sweet spot for serial killers of yeah. where they could do so much and not mm. even get caught. No, because it's like you cross state lines, you're a new person. Nobody exactly. fucking knows you. Nobody's talking to each other. Wow. The fact that they just say like, oh, she had ties to Tennessee, Michigan, Massachusetts, and California. It's like, what does that mean? Like she lived in those states or, or what? Mm-hmm. Um, she also, in one of the articles I read, they were like, she also had two other aliases. And so I'm just like, were they doing like crimes together or do they mean like aliases? Like her other married name was this and then her maiden name was this. And so therefore, you know, she could also be known as whatever. And yeah. it's not like I'm switching my name to like be hidden. Um, I never know what that means. You know, it's like, do you yeah. just mean she had like other names that she went by because she was like doing shady shit or she just had other names that she went by? Just living her normal life. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Immediately when you're like, she was married and I'm like, well, where's the fucking husband at? I know. I know. And for him to say, oh, she left me a month before she died. Mm. Yeah. And then also like for, because I just always assumed this was like, even if she had the nice teeth or whatever, I just assumed she was like a transit. Maybe she didn't have parents or like nobody was looking for her. But the fact that her family has been looking for her, but they've just been looking on the other coast. You know, they didn't think to like, look out here. Yeah. But yeah, it's like they kept searching for her and trying to figure out if they could find like, you know, maybe she just moved out to Maine and started a new life, but had kids and maybe they're looking for us and in like doing the genealogy thing and stuff. Yeah, that is just so bizarre. Like how you mentioned just so much time passes by and then just one like, oh, let's try to solve this case again. And it's like, mm-hmm. boom. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they tried over the years and I feel like it was it felt like like almost every 10 years, they're like, maybe we have enough technology now to, to piece it together. Maybe we have enough now to piece it together. And I think that the stuff that they're doing with the, the genealogy thing, as much as people think it's a little too creepy or it might be used in the wrong way, it's like, it's helping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Also, I feel like 
the same time that this story broke also um uh the killer in the delphi murders was revealed oh my god i was gonna i was gonna talk to you about that so i just know that they said we have a suspect Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I haven't had the chance to look into everything yet. No. So that's another good one to like deep dive into. I haven't gotten to yet. Um, But that was another like big unsolved case that was just like, there's enough here that we should be able to figure it out, you know? Whoa. So yeah. So that was also another thing that broke recently. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I love it. I love it when people get their comeuppance. Yep. Man, that is, it's, that's so, it's so sad. It's so creepy. It's just, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. And I was last night, I was like trying to see if there was like a Dateline episode or an Unsolved Mysteries or a documentary, like anything, because I was going to take a bath and I was like, you know, before I write all my notes, I've listened to some podcasts, I read some articles, like it'd be nice to just watch something Mm -hmm. to inform me even more. And there's nothing out there nothing nothing that surprises me just because I feel like Massachusetts is such a popular state like it gets a lot of coverage I think um so yeah that is really surprising well maybe now I mean I feel like it's bound to happen eventually Uh, I'm sure that they will now yeah what were some of the podcasts that have covered this case so I believe um the original one that I heard was a my favorite murder covering of it I believe Mm -hmm. case file has one um and then possibly crime junkies I haven't listened to that podcast in a very long time but um I did used to listen to like the first few seasons of it uh but a few people have covered it okay if there is a case file one, those are always the best because they do so much research and they know like the backstories of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a super interesting one and it literally has the biggest vibe of an old unsolved mysteries episode that I was just so surprised. I was like, it's a little quaint town in P town and it's like one of the only murder cases and she hasn't been solved yet. Like how is this Mm -hmm. not an unsolved mystery episode? Yeah. So we'll see. I am excited to know more about her. And I hope that if he did kill other people that they figure out who those people are now, too. I can't believe he's been married so many times and all the other deaths that are linked Mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. Man. I know. I mean, when I told you about it a while ago, it's like they finally figured out who she is. So like now maybe they'll be able to figure out who the killer is. And I thought it was going to be a lot harder. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that her husband would have been a previously suspected murderer, which is like, yeah. okay, well, if it's not him, that's crazy odds. Mm-hmm. So wow. I'm, I'm glad I got to tell you that story in yeah. a more solved way. Man, and sometimes like if I do get paranoid and scared of like a serial killer is going to get me, I'm like, at least there's technology to where they can get caught. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, it's harder. Yeah. You know? Which is great. (laughs) Which is good. (laughs) Oh, I I tell Jake all the time too. I was like, heaven forbid if anything happens, like I would just scratch and claw and get as much DNA all over me as possible. Sure would. Sure would. 
I guess no, so. like I'm clawing and scratching and then I'm going to like dig, I'm going to grab the stuff underneath my nails and I'm going to put it in my mouth. Like I'm yeah. biting you. I'm going to eat your skin to where your DNA is stuck in my teeth. Mm-hmm. We're the barbarians, mister. Yeah. 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 Like Don't you mess with it. the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wild animal. <laughs> And you might still kill me, but guess what? You're going down. You're going it. down, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Are you ready to do Let's Nots? We got seven minutes. Yeah, let's do it. I got one. Uh, let's not give up hope because especially with these unsolved crimes, I think we, as soon as they got the Golden State Killer, I think it was said a lot that we're entering like a new phase of technology where a lot of these old crimes are able to be solved and unfortunately most of the perpetrators might be passed by now but at least there's closure for people that are still here definitely i'm gonna go with let's not be afraid of technology because it Mm. does i mean there are the bad sides to it but i feel like the good outweighs the bad I think it does too. And I'm sorry, but if I do the 23andMe and they found out that like my uncle committed a bunch of crimes, uh, then he deserves to be go down for them. I mm-hmm. I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. Now I want to do 23andMe. See I if I can too. solve any crimes. We've been talking about it since we started this podcast that we would both do it and then like read our results, but. <laughs> but I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I just don't want them to place my DNA at a crime scene and then I have to pay for whatever crime. That's all I, I don't care if I get cloned or anything like that. My, yeah. my, my fear is that they're going to place my DNA at a crime scene that I had nothing to do with. Yeah. But it would just be like, all you that you're submitting is like your spit. Do you think that they can recreate DNA and then place it? Why like put it in they? blood? Why couldn't they? I mean, I assume Probably that's not, the future, but. but- I don't think anyone's trying to take you down as much as you think so. There's always someone. (laughs) I don't think that you're the big wig that you think you are. (laughs) Come on, Michelle. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. You're you're very important. Stop. All right. Also, tonight, me and Michelle, you're hanging out, guys. We're going to see Heather McDonald finally. Mm-hmm. doing a live juicy scoop it's gonna be a good time yeah i'm excited so, to laugh me too i'm just excited to see heather i've been watching her on tv for so long so it's gonna be pretty cool are to you, see her are you excited to see me yeah you too am i number two on that list you're, you're number one and then heather's number two okay thank you i appreciate it you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have a great weekend and we will talk to you on the next episode. Yeah. Love you so much. Bye. Bye. The Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, bold, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at deadlygroundscoffee.com.